Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. All right. Welcome to the latest episode of Fuse 8 and Kate. I am your host, Betsy Bird. I'm Kate. Hello. So, <laughs> I never. I it's need good. like a way to introduce. Yeah, because I've got the alliterative name, and you've got not the alliterative name. No, you're just Kate. I'm just Kate. You're just a one. You're a one namer. That's yeah. cool. Only it's not like a like a memorable like. A, there's a lot of Kates in the world. I, I when we originally were talking about the podcast, I was thinking you could be like, and this is my sister Kate, and then I would come in saying what up, and then that'd be my thing. Oh right, right. it's like Kramer bursting into our room. Exactly, so and then like, we could have like on the podcast like little fake like applause from people in the audience whenever you said what up. What up? <laughs> How could that not be cool? Yeah. Um. So, uh, for the first time, we've gotten listener feedback. Um, because, because since we record good feedback or bad, I I will get to that. Um, but we have, uh, good feedback, good feedback. We've Mm -hmm. had good feedback. We've, I've had been to two conferences since the last time we recorded because it's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. Um, and the first one was the uh, American Library Association, uh, had a big conference in Chicago. I've heard of them. Many of the librarians were there. And then, uh, I went to, uh, I went to a conference in, in Parma, Michigan. In Parma, Yes. Uh, that's what our parents said. Because our parents, of course, live in... Kalamazoo, Michigan. Correct. Metropolis. Sexy metropolis, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Right. Um, and I told them, oh, I need to borrow your car. I'm going to take a train to you. And then borrow your car to go to Parma, Michigan. One of the largest gatherings of teachers that are interested in children's books uh, happens there every year. It's called Nerd Camp, and uh, and I've, I've this is my second year. I, I went there, and at both of these conferences, one ginormous, the second one surprisingly ginormous. Uh, I had people talking about our podcast. We got some critiques. Oh man. Uh huh. Okay. So um, the first one, <laughs> the first one makes me want to do. Do you ever see that? Um, and I, I hate to, this, this makes my cool cred just, which was already low, uh, to sort of sink. But uh, did you ever see the Will and Grace where uh, Grace does the I told you so dance? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the one that goes like, told you so, told you so, told you, told you, told you, told you, told you so. You guys can't see my shoulders, but they're amazing. Um, so someone said our voices are too similar. No. Yes. Damn that it. was a thing someone said. So all right, and I'm just gonna talk all about this for the rest of the podcast. Could it just be Cockney rhyming slang? Apples and pears, apples and pears. The the suggestion was uh, we should be on different uh, head. Like if a person's living on headphones, I should be like the right ear, mm. and you should be the left ear. Okay. Second comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about picture books, which oh right, I should probably talk about the premise of the show just in case people have come on and don't know what this is about. Why do, why don't you? Little sister, 
say what the premise of the show is. So we talk about children's books and we determine whether they should be deemed a classic based on our opinions alone. Mm -hmm. Because you have a background in children's literature, Mm -hmm. whereas I know nothing. Exactly. (laughs) But it's in a good way. You're a normal human being, sort of, um, who... Would not, um, you're not like some obsessive who's just like, I have to read all the picture books in the world. That would be me. So, um, the end, the the second comment was, oh, we talk about the images too much (laughs) on the picture books. I don't see any way around that one is in that we are, we are talking about picture books. books. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, okay. But there's maybe things we can do. Perhaps we are not descriptive enough. Okay. Perhaps maybe we need to talk more about the literature. Yes, the the te- I'm sorry. You the mean text? you mean the text? The text. The text, or even the words on the page. The subtext. Oh, Ooh. see, I tried talking about the the plot of Heather has two mommies, and meaning there really wasn't much of one. So right, there really wasn't much to say. Yeah. Well, this week, I'm very pleased. There's a plot. Oh. Um. It's not. A, it's not a. Huge part of the book, but it is there. Okay. It it uh, is semi coherent. Now you last week said, well, I say last week, last podcast mm-hmm. said that we should we haven't gone head to head. We pretty much agreed on everything. We've only done two books, right? So we need one that we were going to disagree on, right? Oh baby, I want to rumble. Oh yeah, but you suggested uh, a book that rhymes with. Uh, let me see. The Schmearing No, Curry? no. I would have said the living Shmi, but, uh... Yeah. Okay. Schmearing? Well, well, <laughs> the Schmearing well, tree. Really? <laughs> Schmearing? <laughs> well, like, it has a bagel, well, and it's just... Yeah, you gotta get a good schmear on schmear, it. And you you just gotta, you get a what kind of tree is this? You get some locks. That's a terrible... Just get it. A locks tree sounds delicious. <laughs> um, no, I thought that's too easy. That's, that's and too easy. And I know easy. the plot. You know the plot. And we, I'm not saying that we're not going to have, like, you know, in the 80s, they used to have, like, the super special episodes. I'm not saying that we won't have a super special episode where it's, like, a surprise and we'll do the um, riving gree. I really cannot think of anything that rhymes you with that. You know what we should do? We What's should that? have people email us. Yes! Suggestions. I agree with that. And then, uh, we'll, and then we can do that. All right. Email your suggestions. Uh, to fusekate8 at gmail.com. And uh, that's actually a really good idea. We should take some suggestions because otherwise it's just down to me. And uh, and you're going to get you're gonna get podcasts like this one because we haven't really done, I'd say the top 10. Like uh, there, uh, years ago, years ago, I did a poll of my readers and we determined the top 100 picture books um, that people liked. It was a poll. I'm not saying they were like the best. I'm just saying when you poll people, this is the 100 they come up with. Mm-hmm. We haven't even crested the top 20, maybe not even the top 30 or 40. And we're not going to today. <laughs> um, because today I was thinking like, what is a book that is considered a classic written by a ver- maybe the most famous children's book author illustrator and is loathed and abhorred by people who often don't have children. I, uh... So you're, so you're already telling me that I'm going to hate it. I'm counting on it. Um, but you might not. You might surprise me. It, this, this whole podcast may just come down to us agreeing all the time on everything, which makes for bad podcasting, 
but makes for fun family bonding. Oh. All right. Aww. I'm on pins and needles. Bunnies. All right. All right. I'm going to give... Okay, I'm going to take the book out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this podcast already knows what the book is because it's in the title of the podcast. But I'm going to bring it out of the bag. You're going to describe this to me, but here's the thing. You're going to tell me what cultural associations you already have with this thing. Because we don't, we keep skipping that part. But I need, I need to know what you already know, all right? You may know nothing. But if you know anything about this, I want to hear it, okay? Okay. All right, could I get some music for my removal of this? What, what, what's the name of this one, Kate? In the Night Kitchen. Oh, you have, from your expression... And the fact that one half of your mouth has taken a downward plunge, I'm thinking you don't know this book. Nope. You have no associations uh, with uh-uh. this. No. At you first, know the author. Thought, yeah, and at first I thought it was the kid Could from, you say the author's name? Uh, Maurice Sendak. That's correct, yes. And at first, I well, I didn't even notice the author's name. I just looked at the kid and I thought, oh, that's the kid from Where the Wild Things Are. All his boys tended to look the same. He's got uh, something on his Pierre, head. Pierre. He's doing uh, something in Mexico. Mickey. This is Mickey. You'll find Mickey is... Um, I read a thing today that said he's a bit plumper than Max from Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, a fact that you will learn very shortly. Um, so what we're going to do is you're going to take this here book. And you're going to read it. And then we are going to talk about it. And it will be a joy to behold. So Kate. Uh-huh. Read this book. Okay. Okay. While Kate is reading the book, uh, it's time for this week's quiz. What Kate doesn't know is that this book uh, is the second in the triumvirate of Maurice Sendak. The first book in the series, of course, was Where the Wild Things Are. In uh, in 1970, later, much later, uh, he wrote In the Night Kitchen. And then much, much later after that, he did Outside Over There. Now, Outside Over There... Oh, that's a book. Uh, that's a very strange book. Um, like, this one's so normal. But it's so strange in many reasons, and, and one of them is it, ins- it is often said that it inspired a very famous movie. Um, so my question to you today is, what famous movie from the 1980s did Outside Over There inspire? For some of you, this is going to be the easiest question that I've ever asked, but... If you know the answer, and you would like to win a signed copy of my book, Wild Things, Acts of Mischief in Children's Literature, co-written with Jules Danielson and Peter Ceruta, then all you have to do is send your answer to fusekate8 at gmail.com, and I will send it probably, probably to the first person who can send me the correct answer. What famous film was inspired... By Maurice Sendex, outside, over there. And we're back. Um, now, I have to apologize for, for when we did uh, our last book, uh, Heather Has Two Mobbies. I was I was inadequately prepared. This week, I'm prepared. I have my research books. I've got two pages of notes. I'm wow. ready for this. Not... Not to fight with you, but just because there are so many things going on with this book that I wanted to bring them up in some way. Um, I should note, you guys, maybe we can maybe we can include it in the in the final. Uh, but I from the kitchen, I just heard Kate go, "What?" 
at one point, which was what I was That was, was my reaction for. for the very last page. Oh, really? That was when? Yeah. Okay, we're going to get to that. First of all, though, we need you to describe this book. Now, look, here's, here's where it gets good. Every time we do a podcast, because Kate has an acting background and I do not, um, Kate reads the, uh, the plot of this book in the style of something of my choosing, which is awesome. The power, the power goes to my head. Um, this week, I'm so prepared. I not only came up with a way for you to read it, but I wrote the text. Oh, man. Oh. I think if you read it, even in your head, you're going to know exactly what I'm going to ask you. Kate. Oh, my gosh. Can you read it in the style of that guy who used to do the movie trailers? You know, the one who would go, in a world. Can you do that? I can try. Excellent. In a world where bakers work all night, one boy is going to beat them at their own game. Mickey was a normal little boy until the night he heard something clattering in another room. Now Mickey's fallen out of bed, he's fallen out of his clothes, and into the world of the night kitchen where nothing is what it seems. Three bakers, convinced that Mickey is milk, are determined to bake him into a cake. What they don't know is that Mickey has a couple tricks up his sleeve, and he's cooking up a little plan of his own. All right, Kate, uh, first impressions uh, of this book that you've never heard of. Uh, first impressions, mm. never seen a picture book with a naked boy. Really? Nope. Not one. Nope, never seen a penis in a picture book. Really? Really. Okay. This is a night of firsts. Yep. Uh, Did you like it? Eh. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Right. But I would not spend 20 bucks to buy it. Okay. You would not think this would be a logical gift to give to a child on their birthday? No. <laughs> Wait. I don't understand. All right. So for people who have not or are not familiar with this book, um, you should be. Because it is considered number two in the triumvirate of Maurice Sendak's classic threesome. Was this before or after Wild Things? Significantly after. Okay. First was Where the Wild Things Are. Okay. Second, In the Night Kitchen. And third, Outside Over There. I'm not even going to show you Outside Over There because Outside Over There is so weird. is is too weird for me to a certain extent. Um, this is pretty weird. Yeah. This takes cake. Haha, <laughs> get it? Takes the cake. Oh boy. Get it? Because yeah. it's about cakes. No, I no, I got I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty much what you just described in, in my little write-up there. So yeah, um boy wakes up, hears a thumping, falls through a dreamlike fall. Naked. Naked. No, he falls out of his clothes. Like you do. Who hasn't fallen out of their clothes, Kate? I mean, you're walking down the street, you get naked, it's a thing. One thing happens, and yep. all of a sudden. A little pastry gets involved. Exactly. Knows, you know. And then uh, three different versions of Oliver Hardy from Laurel and Hardy bake you into a cake. It's a thing that happens. All right. This is New York, I'm assuming. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, Sendak basically, yeah. He, at this point, he was probably still living in New York. Um, he had been born in New York, raised in New York, lived in New York. I'm just kind of um, judging by the... The, the I know we shouldn't be talking about the illustrations as much. Well, but 
we should mention them. It looks like New York to me. Ah, well, okay. Well, let's start. Let's start with the illustrations, particularly the backgrounds. Um, so what this book is influenced by, to a certain extent, is uh, are you familiar with Little Nemo in Slumberland? Nope. Oh. I know what I'm getting you for the holidays. Oh, dear. Oh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. A classic, weird uh, Sunday comic strip from, like, 1901, I want to say, to maybe the 20s. Beautiful, huge, gigantic, colorful, and surreal. Um, so clearly he was influenced by that. And uh, Mickey Mouse. Big fan of the old Mickey Mouse at Maurice Sendak. Loved his Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse. The name of this character is Mickey. Uh-huh. Um, doesn't come up as much, but uh, also apparently he liked Laurel and Hardy uh, in that he made the bakers look just like him. So, Maurice, what do you know about Maurice Sendak? Jewish? Yeah! Good for you. Thanks. Later in life, Sendak claimed that this was a Holocaust metaphor. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, he said that the little Hitler mustaches and the putting the boy in the oven oh. were hit. And I'm like, no, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. Whoa. I disagree entirely. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you wrote it, but you wrote it a long time before you said that. And I totally disagree. That's one interpretation of the book. Um, wow. The other interpretation of the book is that it's all about the sex. Uh, what? Yeah. Giant phallic milk bottle. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm not making this up. This is actually what people have said. Um, falling out of clothes. What are the bumps that wake him up in the night? Clearly his parents having sex. Uh, the rising of the dough. Being in the milk. Wow. Uh, the fact he says cock-a-doodle-doo when he's naked and pounding his chest like Tarzan. Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't know which one is more ludicrous now. I find both of them equally Equally ludicrous. I, a part of my brain can at least sort of understand, sort of, the Holocaust one. Mm-hmm. The sex one, it's, it's, no! He's a little boy. He's a, there are perverts in this world. Thank you! Oh! Get your mind out of the gutter, critics, all right? So, yeah, well, obviously, you put a little boy without any clothes on in a book, your book gonna get banned. Um, so this book has been banned uh, many is, many is a time. But I see a big medal on the front of oh, the book. Well, now we get to it. This is the rub. This is why I have all these reference books and my notes in front of me, because um, this book so one has something. personally carefully honed the time-hearted tradition of uh, librarian bashing. Okay, here's what happens. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out for you, all right? Here's the deal. When this book came out, a librarian in a district somewhere, decided she wasn't comfortable with the nudity in the book and apparently took white out and painted little tidy whities no. on Mickey in all the naked scenes. Oh, so, oh that's, that's awesome. It's kind of funny. I know, it is kind of funny. Now, Ursula Nordstrom. Is that uh, the librarian's name? No. Oh. <laughs> that would have been a great name for a librarian. But no, she was the editor of this book. Um, she was... A force of nature, yeah, the aforementioned Giving Tree, I believe, was hers. Um, all these, like, you name the famous, you know, E.B. White, you name anybody. She she came up. Shel Silverstein, Jules Swiver, the whole thing. She was amazing. But she had this whole thing where she was like, yeah, okay, so it, it sounds kind of adorable when librarians are putting, you know, tidy whities on him uh, by, you know, diapering the little boy with white tempera paint. 
Um, but she called it mutilation. That is a mutilation of a book. It is. It is. And she's absolutely right. Now, over the years, and, oh, she, and she had a quote, uh, which I'm, I'm quoting this from Dear Genius, the collection of her, of her letters. She said specifically... Uh, at first, the thought of librarians painting diapers or pants on the naked hero of Sendex book might seem amusing, merely a harmless eccentricity on the part of some prim few. On reconsideration, however, this behavior should be recognized for what it is, an act of censorship by mutilation rather than by obvious suppression. Which is true. Um, however, she said uh, librarians, not a single librarian. So mm -hmm. from this letter, it was assumed that librarians left, right, and center... We're painting little tidy whities <laughs> which is, I'm honestly just doing this book today so I can say tidy whitey as many times as I can, on Mickey here. So then there's this other letter in here that she got, and we don't know who it's from. She wrote this letter. The, the two has been rescinded. The dear has been rescinded. We know this person works in an elementary school and that they have burned this book. Because she doesn't say who this person is in the letter... Why would you? You, the librarian. This could easily be a teacher. Probably would be a teacher. Um, everyone assumed it was a librarian. So their thing was like, librarians hated this book. They cut out little cardboard, little, little, you know, construction paper pants and pasted them on him. I have seen that in my library. Oh I have actually gosh. seen a patron doing that and putting it on pants, like shorts, little, little shorts on Mickey. Um... But because of this, there was one librarian who complained, and now everyone's like, every librarian who ever saw that hated it. Now, you, you notice that little medal on there. Who, who, who gives those little medals? Do you know? That's a Caldecott honor. I don't know. Do you know who gives that? No. Librarians give that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh I, didn't, I said I wasn't going to yell into the mic. <laughs> okay, so I went to the um, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund today. Uh, because I'm they sorry, have a good, the what? The Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Probably the most prominent anti-censorship uh, comic and graphic novel site out there. Okay. It's very interesting. They have a page for this because the nice thing about this is it is kind of like a comic. There's speech bubbles and there's like panels and uh -huh. things like that. So it's kind of like a comic. And it gets banned constantly. And they say on this site, the book upset many librarians and adults because it's young, because apparently librarians are not adults, because it's young protagonist Mickey was depicted in the nude. Many librarians censored the book by painting diapers over the boy's genitals, and in some cases, the book was even burned. There is no record of a librarian ever burning this book, and there is one record uh, of them painting the, the paint on there. Well, there was that letter. That one letter yeah. from that one person. Right. Um, so K.T. Horning, the great librarian uh, in Wisconsin, pointed this out, but, uh, but this was on their site just today. And uh, they cite the book's editor saying that someone banned, burned the book and it was a librarian and there was no evidence of this. Um, so naughty bad comic book legal defense fund. Makes me so angry. It's flames a... on the side. Burning. <laughs> Good, I was hoping you would get that reference. Okay, anyway. Love so, Madeline Kahn. Anyway. Yeah, so um... anyway, I had to get that off my chest because... It makes me so mad when people say librarians ban stuff and paint underwear on well, people. Well, now I know if I ever need to make you upset, mm -hmm. I'm just going to go through all of your books. Yeah. Even if they don't need little shorts, I'm just going to put little shorts on everything. It's just, it's like just draw them in. It's like, yep. That's pretty revealing uh, culottes you got there. We're just going to make a little lower. Take the hemline out. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's not that's not like my big problem. Curious George not wearing any pants at all. I don't want to shock you, but uh... Uh, I, this the penis is not that big of a deal, people. It's Every- not much of a penis for women. Well, and it's a kid. It's so... a kid, and quite frankly, if you have a small boy. Oh, boy's going to be running around. I, I, I'm just going to tell you that right now. You can attest to that. I can attest to that. Um, my problem with the book is the last page. Okay, this is interesting. So, yes, tell me why. The last page. Just describe this page. Uh, it is the boy in his doe... I believe that's a cake suit. No, this is this, this is that, part of the... Uh, oh, the, is it the dough for I'm the... I'm pretty sure it's from the, the dough. Yeah. Well, where'd he get it back? It fell off in the milk. Anyway. Anyway, somehow he got it back. All right. And he's holding a little size jug of milk. Mm -hmm. And it says, and I quote, and that's why, thanks to Mickey, we have cake every morning. Have you ever had a muffin? I mean, not every. That's a cake. That's cake for breakfast. Not every morning. Maybe that's not every morning. It is a weird. It's almost like. Why would you end your book like that? (laughs) You know when, like, a rock star. Doesn't know how to end a song and they just fade it out. Like, like they're like, I'll just yeah. keep singing the song yeah. and then they'll just fade it out and that's the end of the song. Um, they can't do that with picture books. So I mean, this they could have so- understood it if it said, and that is why we have milk every morning. Because oh, yeah. milk is the reason that he. But the bakers saves the are day. making cake. Like that's yeah, their whole thing. Yeah, but he he saves the day by yeah. getting the milk into the batter right. so that they can make the cake. Right. They, it, I mean, they say milk the batter. We bake cake and nothing's the matter. matter. So mm-hmm. the only reason he's getting to sleep is because he got milk. But mm-hmm. apparently, we have cake every morning. I would love to have cake every morning. Oh yeah. But I don't. I well, have. maybe you should. Like Mickey went through all of that, and now you're not even bothering to eat cake in the morning. What is wrong with you? What do I owe this kid, huh? You, you owe him a lot. Did you see him almost burned up in an oven there? <laughs> it was, it was harsh, this, man. And I know. Okay, one more thing about the illustrations. Mm. I love the little like creative names of the uh, ingredients here, but why is there like a clump of asparagus back here? Okay, that is a very strange inclusion because he was again referencing uh, Little Nemo with the product placement of everyday household. But I don't know any other book. This came out in 1970, so it's not like oh, okay. it was. Oh, the Mickey oven is like kind of mm-hmm. that Mickey in Mouse the Mickey Mouse font. Font. Okay, that's what I was thinking of when I knew there was some sort of yeah, yeah, okay. vague illusion there. I mean, obviously, if they'd actually put Mickey Mouse in, they would have had their pants suit off. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it happened to his pants. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's weird because I, this is such a modern book in some ways. The idea of putting product placement, even if it's fake product oh, placement, yeah. but putting it in like the backgrounds. It's a real modern idea. And I don't know, and I someone can correct me. See, here we go. Betsy, you didn't do your research, but I don't know of any other picture book illustrator that did this before at this point um i'm not saying there weren't weird 60s picture books oh dear god yes there were but in this particular style it's kind of unique to him hmm that was just my one issue the one issue was the cake that we have cake for breakfast with. That, i love that, that that's your one issue <laughs> i love that that's the that like you were all like on board with yeah. the milk Sure, and the and the baking and I mean, the it's weird. And, and the Oliver Hardy. I mean, it's an triplets. It's, it's, you know, he's having a dream. That's, sure, it, he's not actually doing this. He's having a dream with this. You know, where okay. he's dreaming that he's being cooked into a 
cake, mm-hmm. and then he breaks free and decides to make this bread dough into a airplane, and then he flies to he, the top of the milk jug. He does give them milk. Yeah, he flies to the top of the milk jug. He then manages to give them the milk they need to make the cake, mm-hmm. and that's why we have cake every morning. Right. No, that's not why. No. That's not a... <laughs> that's not a thing. Man, that's, I thought this was a slam dunk. I thought you'd hate this book. It's going to... You know what it's going to be? You're going to hate a book that I do not see coming at all. I'll get you something yeah. innocuous. It's going to be like Very Hungry Caterpillar, and you'll be like, I loathe this Oh, book. I know that book, though. I know you. I'm, uh, that's why you said it's and terrible, that, but... Now, if that book ended with, and that's why we eat cake every morning, I could understand. We get, he does eat cake in that there book. There we go. That makes but, sense. <laughs> <laughs> because the caterpillar told us to. The caterpillar doesn't Dude, lie. the caterpillar's hungry, all right? The, the... He regrets it. Deeply. Oh, I don't Deeply that regret. Oh, see, we got it. All right. Someday. Someday. <laughs> we're going to be a return to the caterpillar. Caterpillar part two. But Mickey, oh, it's all good with Mickey. Except can, for the cake at the end. Except for the cake at the end. One of these days I'm going to make you cake for breakfast. I would be okay I don't know with that. what. I don't know what the I situation would, I would, would be. I would eat it in defiance. Apparently, I'm like of Mickey. running a B&B. And you wouldn't you make your kids eat cake every morning. What? Make, like force them? I mean, yeah, you better eat your cake. Is that something kids like? Do they cake? Do they For, do they request cake every morning? Not well. I don't have cake in the house. Right. So why is this a thing? Well, maybe they did have cake in the house. I mean, this was back in 1970. Maybe there was cake on every shelf in the country. Cake for all. <laughs> the depression's over. <laughs> Let them eat more cake. Let them eat cake. And then not get any gasoline because it's a gasoline crisis. All right. What's up the beef? So, All right. so you hate this book? No, I like this. Oh, you like it? I actually like this book quite what a bit. Would, what would you rate it? Oh, it's a classic. You think that's a classic? I do think it's a classic. I think, um, you know, obviously it's not where the wild things are level, but no. where the wild things are is, you know, when I did this poll of the top picture books, number one, where the wild things are. Which I mean, I've never read. Uh, but yeah, I, we'll save that for a very special episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no. We, we didn't read any Sendak growing up. No. No. I was in, uh, I worked on a technical production of uh, children's play, uh, Really Rosie, which combined several Sendak books together, but hmm. none of those were where the wild things are. And uh, yeah, but this book, I mean, which is not as well known, um, this is the book that sits on library shelves and then people go through to get where the wild things are and they see this and they're like, oh, this looks good. And they bring it home and they're like, penis! Um, that's, <laughs> that's where this book I just gets its fame. all over my face all when right. you say that. So. And my mission and my job here is done. Um, yeah, that's, that's what this book's like legacy is. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the Sendak lovers are like, oh, the classic, great book, and a second in the triumph, and it's wonderful. Um, and I do think it's good. Uh, you think it's a classic? I do. I do think it's. But I don't. But I, you know what? Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. On the scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. ten being the best, one being the worst. I'm gonna rate it exactly where I rated Heather has two mommies last week. I'm putting it at eight point freaking five. I would not. Really? No. Really? I wouldn't call this a classic. Really? I mean... What about this makes it a classic? Well, it rhymes. Sometimes. <laughs> um, 
so. <laughs> Just because it sometimes rhymes. It was it, it was a genre breaker. It uh it uh it dared to put penises in books. It uh were there penises in children's picture books before this? No. Book? This is the first children's book penis that well, ever I was can't drawn. Say that well in America. Oh, in England. Or or Europe, you've got penises every other book you open up. It's okay. just like a whole penis fest. But no, it's this one. It's mostly boobs. Let's be fair. It's mostly boobs. Um, but this, no, this. I mean, I'm not gonna say this opened the door to it. It's not like when they lifted the. I'm waiting to censorship hear why restrictions. you think this should be a classic. Oh, very well. If we have to do this, we have to do this. All right. This is a classic. Um, above and let's just forget that it's even by Maurice Sendak, okay? Because okay. that's usually why that's, people say it's a classic. And I'm it? totally ignoring that. Okay, so we're going to ignore who even made this book. Yes. Um, it is a definitive link between early 20th century and late 20th century uh, children's art. The linking of the Little Nemo um, to the uh, I'm going to say postmodern children's book. Uh, picture book. Uh, this is the definitive link between the two. Um, and it incorporates nursery rhymes. So we're even going back further um, than the early 20th century. We're going back to, you know, because uh, he was a huge fan of nursery rhymes. There's a ton of nursery rhymes in this, which I did not get when I first read it. And then later when I read nursery rhymes to children, uh, I got all the nursery rhyme references. Um, and it's... Uh, it, I like it. Okay. I didn't get nursery rhymes out of it. But really? I don't, I don't. I'm in the milk and the milk's in me. God bless the milk and God bless me. Nope. Oh, that's that. That's a basis on um, I see the moon and the moon sees me. God bless the moon and God bless me. Nope. No? Nope. Not, a, not ringing any bells there? Nope. We didn't redo that one growing up. No. Um, okay. Okay. I'm Where were we? Well, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I, I change your mind on I this. I guess I can sort of see where you're coming from. I'm just with, saying. With the, with the early and the... It has a... It was 1970. It's not that no, late. Sure it is. It's post-50s. <laughs> it was the sliding downward towards the aughts. I mean, you know. It's it's a very modern book with the whole background. With the with I don't the think that things. means it should be a classic, though. But it's like the first modern children's picture book. Oh. Ugh. I don't know if I can claim that. I, I'm gonna have to think about that. I make the statement, guys, and I'm like, "Is that just true? making up facts?" It's so and I'd not be like, true. Yep. Technically, like, like 50 people listening to this were just like, "Oh, like, oh, nothing." Like, yeah, okay. We're gonna play the game of two truths and a lie, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna see what you can throw in there. To I could make up stuff all day long. We just oh, have people true. write in and be like, "How many times does Betsy say penis?" And which of these lies? I should are- have had a swear jar for penis. There you go. Like, we got rid of the swear jar this week because apparently I never mentioned nah. my former workplace. But so. if we had said penis, clink, clink, um, I would give this a five. All right. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I don't hate it. You I know don't what? love it. You know I what? It doesn't. You're persuading me. It doesn't bring me any new information. All right. You know what? It's sinking. It's sinking. It's sinking. We don't eat cake in the morning, people. I'm down. I'm, that's not. That's not actually swaying me at all. <laughs> Um, no, it's just, look, I could have cake every day if I wanted to, all right? I could go out this door right now, I could buy myself a cake, I could put it on the counter, and I could eat it if I wanted to. And who's this, to say... But this book is not why you would do it. I don't put milk in my cake. No, 
Do you I, put milk in your cakes? Grandma used to put milk. It was a hot milk cake. Oh, well, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. But that's um, one kind of cake. Anyway. Anyway, I just don't think this particular book brings anything new All right. to the kitchen table. You know what? I, you've actually persuaded me. Me. You persuaded me. I'm sinking down to seven. But I'm not going any lower. Can I get you to a 6.5? No, you really could not. <laughs> In fact, I'm thinking about 7.5. I'm considering it. I'm not going to do it. I'll take seven. All right, we'll go with seven. Uh, but I'm still at five. <laughs> all right hey. sorry mickey you uh but you're still a classic you are a classic you're, you're you're in there you're a classic to betsy you're not a classic to kate all right so you're a classic to librarians to but no, not no, no. to the oh, general you public it. you did it you did it you what? did exactly what you said you what? did like that you put an s at the end of i said it was a classic to, to librarians librarians yeah but I bet it not is. all the librarians think it's a classic. Oh, well, you're that's because they're young. You're just assuming all librarians think the way you do, but I bet they don't. Well, of course they don't. Librarians are free thinkers. Just the smart ones agree with me. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I'm going to just drink. Yay! Oh, Look, I'm sorry. Did that Caldecott honor just crawl on from somewhere else? Somebody gave it. I don't know. I don't even know. Ow. I don't even know. Write in if you disagree that this book has any uh, value whatsoever. Remember, you can always write in and agree with us or disagree with us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. All right, let's move on. Mickey, you're in the can. So let's talk about uh, non-children's book-related stuff. Okay. Stuff that we have enjoyed recently that we would recommend. We've got nothing... Okay, to do with children's books. Go, man, go. I rediscovered this last night. Mm -hmm. um, it's a series of YouTube videos by a user called ZFrank1. That's Z as in zebra, E, F as in, well, Frank, F-R-A-N-K, number one. And it's Is there a number sign or just one? Just one. Okay. And it, the videos are called True Facts, and he does... It's the same guy who does the Dear Kitten voice, if you've seen those, the, mm. the of the big cat and the little cat for, like, Frisky. No, I miss these. Um, okay. Or if you've seen the cat, Sad Cat or the Sad Dog Diaries. No. Um, this guy is hilarious. He does these true fact videos about true facts about fruit bats or true facts about the armadillo. And they are absolutely not kid-friendly, uh, but they're very educational to a point. And they are hilarious. Here are true facts about the owl. Baby owls are called owlets, and they look like a cotton ball that grew a face and legs. Owlets are born without flight feathers, and because they are vulnerable, they camouflage themselves as muppets. The true fact videos by Z Frank One. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right, so I'm cheating. Um, this is not about children's books, but it can't say it's not children's entertainment. Uh, there was a recent Rolling Stone article mm -hmm. on uh, June 7th, so that's, that's adult, right? And uh, it ran the article, quote, Steven Universe, how Rebecca Sugar turned TV's most empathetic cartoon into an empire. The reason this article came out was that they've released the official soundtrack to the television show Steven Universe. If you are unfamiliar... This is a 
Cartoon Network show. It is the first show, I believe, that was uh, written and directed by a woman. I'll just, this is a quote from the article that sort of summarizes some of the things that I like about it. Okay, so quote, the series is consistently lauded for its emotional intelligence, its musical numbers, including songs sung by Estelle and Patti Lapone, who sugar wooed with roses, its nuanced character development, and especially its insistent queerness. One major character is the literal and metaphorical embodiment of a lesbian relationship, and almost no one in its central family is related by blood. This is a show that when people watch it, um, they tell me, this makes me feel better about the world, that there are actually kids watching this show. This is not to say- So it's a kid's show, not- It's a kid's show. Okay. But it has been so fully embraced- What age of kids? I mean, my daughter is six and my son is three and they've watched it and they both love it. Um, so it's, I think technically, like I would say six, six and up, I'm not even going to like cap it because kids of all ages and teenagers and young adults, um, go gaga for it to the point where the fandom has gotten, uh, there have been some very tense moments with the fandom where fans have gotten mad at, for example, fan artists who they feel didn't accurately represent uh, the body types of some of the characters because the characters are all different body types. And if they felt that somebody was slimming down a character, they got livid um, at Hmm. that person. So there were some very strange things, which is strange because the show, and, you know, they they basically explain this, like, Steven is the main character, he's a boy. Almost, except for his dad, almost all the other characters, um, and certainly all the super characters are, all the gems who are, like, the superhero characters are female um, they fall in love with each other. They have relationships. They break up. Um, and he is a very stereotypical... It's sort of... It's been inspired by anime in that he is a very stereotypical type of anime character, but usually given to a woman. He has a pink gem uh, in his belly button. He is uh, he's a healer. He heals characters. He has a shield for protection, um, but he does not really fight. Um, not really. That's not his thing. And it is just the loveliest show. And it's so binge-worthy. It's on Hulu. And you can... There, I think, something like 13 minutes each. <laughs> and you go through them like popcorn. You just... Hmm. So that, that is what's making me happy. Also, um, one other thing. Because I'm just going to hog all the time. All right. Okay. Someone suggested a book proposal for us. Uh-huh. All right. Hear me out. Okay. I'm pitching this. She has not heard this before. Folks. Nope. This is an idea. So you used to run a blog that was like taking crafts that you'd find on the internet and seeing how actually, like if a normal person could do this, how much it cost, how much time it would take. It was a really good blog. Thanks. I used it recently to make a pair of shoes uh, and to cover them in due date slips because I'm a librarian and I end up with a lot of them. Uh, and that went over like gangbusters and somebody saw that and they were like, you guys should do a craft book together. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, yeah, what if we did a book lover's craft book? Like a craft book where we did all sorts of like different kinds of like books slash like, card like, catalog. Like, like I'm talking library, library doesn't related? have to be library related though. It could be typewriter keys. It could be Scrabble tiles. It could be anything that has to do with words Uh and crafting in some way. 
I'm thinking like we could really like, you know, yes, you can go on Etsy and get card catalog cards. You could probably get due date slip things. You can certainly get Scrabble tiles and typewriter keys, but there's like a bunch of other possibilities. So I'm just putting it out there. I'm just planting a teeny they weeny said, seed in your, in your brain. I'm just saying. They said we should make a book out of these crafts? Yes. A craft book. I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway, just planting the seed. All right. I, that made me happy to hear that suggestion. Interesting. So there you go. Okay. All right. And I think that wraps up our show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't cool. really rumble that much. We didn't rumble. I didn't get any rug burns or anything. I don't even know what to do now. I'm like, surely there's got to be some book we disagree on. But you know what? It's like I said before, it's going to be something that does not... I'm going to be like, well, obviously she's going to like this. And then, all right, all right, all right. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to get a book I really like, and it's going to be like in the top 10 classics okay. for the next one. All right. So like a really famous one that I don't think you know. We're, we're going to try that. That's going to be my next attempt. So you, it's going to be a book that you really like. It's got to be something I really like. And I'm probably going to go meh about it. Maybe. Right. Maybe. I can't imagine there's going to be a book that I absolutely would give a 10. I, that would be curious to me. I would want to know what book makes me go, yes. Okay. Yes. So I'll this, give you a book that this, I think is a 10. This is a classic. Mm. This is why books were written. Well, shoot. Okay. <laughs> All right. There, no pressure, man. No pressure. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll get you a book that I think is a 10. And then we'll see if you think it's a 10. I would be very curious. All right. I want to know what other people think is a 10, though. I would like to know that, too. So if y'all uh, y'all think you know a ten, just you email us and we'll see uh, we'll see if uh, we agree. Fusekate@gmail.com. Very nice. Well, thanks for doing this, sis. No problem, sis. Awesome. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at fuse8. That's fuse and eight e i g h t. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons Kime, and our sound technician and all-around guru is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird, and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. <laughs>